Visit Arizona. Time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. The Audio Vault on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star is brought to you by AA Best Bail Bonds, 225-2121, or online at mybestbailbonds.com. Thursday on r and in the morning, it's Bezos Bowl Day as the Jags in New Orleans go at it. We'll get you ready. The Spurs come off a Rockets game. How did Wimby look, and does Sohan sound as British today as he did yesterday? Also, those Rangers-Astros keep playing, and we got it all for you. Now back to the Blitz. Another day, another remote appearance. Hey, enjoy yourselves out of the San Antonio Cardhouse. There's no better place to be than there right now. Appreciate you, Rob Thompson. He's Joe Ryan Eagle. I'm Jason Menix. The Blitz here on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star Live out at SA Card House. We're here till 6. They got all kinds of stuff going on, and they keep offering us food from the uh, restaurant here. Yeah, it looks fantastic, by the way. Eventually, we'll eat. Yeah, uh, definitely. Eventually. It looks fantastic. Bob Ballou from KI Television in Austin joining us now on the Buyers Barricades guest line. Texas with a big game this week. Going against a team, uh, Bob, I'm not sure if you heard what Dana Holgerson said this week about playing Texas. So let, let's play that here for him, Pledge, and then we'll, we'll talk about the importance of this game for Dana. Yeah, I've got a lot of comments. Just beat Texas. Don't care if you win any of them, but you got to win that one. You know, you can go 1-11, and it's okay if you, if you beat Texas. Well, beating Texas <laughs> is going to be hard. We know that. Um, you know, I, it's good. It's good for you know, for our fans. I mean, that's it's exciting for them. It's way more exciting for them than it is for me. Now, I have competed with these guys a lot over the years, you know, and they're they're in a different place now than when I was, went there in 2018. Was the last time that I competed against these guys, and we came out of there with a win that day. But where they're at now is different. Well, is this Holgerson playing a harp, or what? What the hell is he doing? There? <laughs> I don't. I, I, I mean, I, Sark must be just scared to death sitting in his office preparing for this one. The Baylor fans said what? the same thing to Dave Aranda. How'd that go? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in all seriousness, Bob. I mean, it. This shouldn't be a game, should it? Houston's just not Houston. They're 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 not a good team. Texas ought to roll these guys. Yeah, I, I mean, I would think so. I, you know, it's this is going to be an interesting test to see, like, how much of a hangover is there from OU and the bye week, or is it the opposite where they come out just mad as hell and ready to, you know, bash someone's skull in? And, um, you know, a, a Sark team this year hasn't scored more than 40 points. He talked a lot about how he wants to see the offense get in the end zone more and more often. Um, so we'll see. I mean, it's... This should not be – I totally agree with you, Joe. This should not be much of a game. Houston's better than Baylor. Uh, I think Houston will give more of a competition than Baylor does. But I don't think in the end they can hang with Texas. 
Well, and, and you know, and that last part, what you just said, Babalu, is my concern with this game. Joe said earlier in the show this game would be over at halftime. Problem is, Texas is a slow-starting football team. None of their games are over at halftime. End of the third quarter, maybe. What can Sark do to get this team off to a faster start, get into the end zone, all the things that you just said? Because, you know, this deep into the season, it's an issue, that a problem that can be fixed or should be fixed by that coaching staff. Just throw it deep every play. Have Xavier Worthy run underneath it. Go get it and score long touchdowns real quick. Score some defensive touchdowns, some special teams touchdowns. I mean, I don't know that there's much more he can really do. I, I, it's the, I think part of the issue in college football in general right now is the rolling clock that has made such a difference in scores and time of possession and those type of things. Um, and I think coaches are still trying to kind of figure that out. Uh, but I, you know, Texas will, I, I think, first of all, there's nothing to worry about, Jason. Let's put it that way. Nothing to worry about here. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> it's just whether or not they get off to a, a faster start or not. But they will, this, this game is not, if you're going to circle one on your calendar that you're going to worry about in the last six, this would be fifth or sixth on the list. What what has been the mood around the 40 acres there, though, Bob? I mean, it, it had to be a lot of disappointment uh, after that Oklahoma game. I don't think there's any question about it. But what's been the mood, and, and do you think there will be a hangover from that game? I think everyone was really high at ACL. Not the players. Not the players. I just think it was uh, – <laughs> Of course not. We had Austin City Limits last weekend, three-day music festival. I think you get uh, into into that kind of stuff. No, but in all seriousness, I mean, I think these guys know – exactly what happened and they know exactly what their goals are and Quinn Ewers even said it this week he was asked about you start thinking about the thing like how do we get to December and get to Oklahoma and play them in the Big 12 title game well you don't if you overlook Houston or BYU or Iowa State or Texas Tech or whoever it is uh, you have to prepare now that you've lost a game you can't afford another mistake if you want to guarantee yourself a shot at the Big 12 title game and then guarantee your shot, uh, give yourself a shot at the playoffs. So I think they know it. It's in the back of their mind that the Big 12 title is still out there and all their goals are still on the table. But they really do need to do a good job of focusing in on Houston and not worrying about what else is left because it doesn't really matter if you lose to Houston on Saturday. So and that, that's kind of the attitude. They, they've taken that attitude again. It was, they weren't, you know, the Oklahoma game was just a great football game. That's what college football is. You're going to get in those games and win some and lose some. But for the rest of the year, they can't afford that slip-up of this 22-point underdog upset us or this, you know, something, something crazy happening. They need to, it, like Jason's talked about, they need to get off to faster starts and kind of put their throat on some guys and go after them. Babalu from KI Television in Austin joining us here on The Blitz. I'm curious, uh, because there's nothing worse than sitting on a loss for two weeks, to lose a big game yeah. and have a bye. I, I, I mean, you know, every one of those players would have rather played, I don't know, a, a Tuesday night game in Conference USA. Bring on Sam Houston State, somebody, just to get out there and play a game. But Quinn Ewers, while he finished the OU game strong, he was awful at the beginning of that game. What did he say about his start, not after the game, but this week, and just kind of talking about the turnovers early on against Oklahoma? Yeah, I mean, I th- again, I think in that game, those things just happen. I think that happens sometimes in any game. It happened in his first game of his collegiate career, his first week against Louisiana Monroe last year. Uh, he threw a pick, like, on his second possession. Um, 
you know, it's football, and, and those things are going to happen. To see the response, I think, is what you needed to see because that thing can really snowball. You throw an interception on your first two possessions, and all of a sudden that stuff gets in your head. Instead, he went the opposite direction, finished 31 of 36 for 346 yards. I think he knows it's for, in so many ways for all of these guys, and he's talked a lot about this this year, it's about settling in immediately. It's about getting some completions, getting some comfort level in, with what the game plan is in the offense and, and getting some stuff completed quickly and, uh, and kind of come out firing on, on, on all cylinders. Again, they've had the luxury this year of stepping on people's throats in the third and fourth quarter and doing whatever they needed to do to win the game in those, in those possessions. But it is at some point caught up with them a little bit against Oklahoma, um, and it, they, that's the one thing they need to figure out to, to not let it catch up with them again. All right, Bob, I've got to ask you, because I hope the answer is yes to this question. Have they been working on shutting down a team in the last 45 seconds with no timeouts and keeping them out of the end zone? I don't think so. I think they they just worked on uh, third down defense. I think that was their – Jeez. Yeah, listen, uh, (laughs) you know, one of the things Sark talked about that was was really interesting was just missed tackles. Um, There were just – a couple of those early plays where you get a guy on the ground instead of letting him get out of bounds or get a first down and the clock rolls and it's much harder for a team to go get, you know, down to the six with an opportunity to win the game. So yeah, they're, they're certainly working on all of those things. Stark listed, he had a laundry list of things that he said they're working on. It's just whether or not that translates when you get into a game and how you can, you know, fend off that, that whatever it was, 75 yard drive and 50 seconds like they did against Oklahoma. <laughs> Yeah. So you're at, you just added five seconds to that, Bob. It's 45, pal. <laughs> <laughs> it was bad, whatever I mean, it was. I can tell you that. Yes, it was. It was. It, it was. It was. It was really. I, I mean, for them to get that, that's yeah. Uh, and again, you you look at a game like that, and you wonder about tackling and toughness. And and it's interesting as they get ready to go to the SEC next year. The one thing about this Texas team that I don't think we've questioned much this year is are they a tough physical football team? They seem like it, although uh, they, they were like a wet paper defense on that final drive that Joe keeps mentioning. But I don't think that's a question with this Longhorn football team. Am I reading that accurately? I mean, you're there a lot more. No, absolutely. They are a tough physical football team. That's what they pride themselves on. That's who they are. And I think that's why they wear down teams in the third and fourth quarter that's what happened in Alabama. When you have a seven-minute drive against a defense that's as good as Alabama's is year in and year out, and you only run the football and you run it right down their throat, uh, I think that's that's a big, a really big um, statement as a program. And I think they're able to do that again. You got to remember when they took that thirty to twenty-seven lead. You know, Jonathan Brooks on the previous drive had a twenty-nine-yard touchdown run. They're not just slinging it all over the field. They they, they can run the football. Jonathan Brooks is incredible. Uh, he's had an unbelievable year, and I, I'll tell you this: I think if Texas, if he continues this run, and Texas finishes eleven and one, I think we'll hear a little more about Jonathan Brooks for Heisman, which would be, you know, right now I don't think it's something people are really talking about. But when you're second or third in the country in rushing, and you're on a team like this that is doing what Texas can do, I think we will see that if this continues moving forward. 
Well, and now that Caleb Williams showed us that he's human, actually, <laughs> uh, against Notre Dame the other day, that, that, that might help his cause, no question about it. Bob, Jason and I were talking about it. In college football, there are some wins that mean a lot more than others. I mean, let's face it, everybody's got their rival game, and if you win that game, it kind of buys you some goodwill and all of that. Did the Alabama win kind of cancel out the Oklahoma loss, especially with the fact uh, that Texas still has an opportunity uh, with everything in front of them? Is that how it works, or, or am I way off base on that? I think not to be stupid about this, but I think it is kind of funny to think when Texas gets to the end of this year, if they are 11-1, and if they win the Big 12 championship and they're 12-1 and and they're in the playoff conversation and you're putting them up against a one-loss Pac-12 team or a one-loss SEC team that maybe didn't win the SEC title um, that's on the outside looking in, that Alabama game is going to be enormous. Because Alabama's going to finish with a, a strong record, whether that's 11-1, 10-2, 9-3, whatever they finish. That's going to be a huge, huge win. But right now in the moment, because we have Oklahoma on our minds, I think we forget about it. And so it'll be really interesting by the end of the year when you look at the full resume of Texas, just how big that Alabama win was as they, if they can make a push for the playoff, what that looks like you know, when they get there. Well, and, and I think on the on the flip side of that is looking at who else could have a loss. I mean, does Washington, after beating Oregon, do they stumble somewhere along the way? Uh, does Oregon run the table the rest of the way? Or, you know, you look at some of those other teams, Georgia, which looks beatable this year, even though they haven't lost yet. They look beatable in some of their games. I think if, you, if, if Texas is able to run the table, as you mentioned, and you've got a lot of one-loss teams, Alabama is still Alabama. And, and that, that win will outweigh a loss in October to Oklahoma. Yeah, and, and you'll look at who they lost to also. And Texas losing on a neutral field on, with 15 seconds to go against a team that's probably going to be in the Big 12 title game and finish 11-1 and or whatever their, whatever their record is. That's what they will look at. And it's going to be – I mean, again, for or, like you mentioned, Oregon. Oregon's a great example. Their one loss would be at Washington. That's a great loss. Like, that's a, that's a really strong yeah. resume if you're Oregon. But you've got to have that across the board, and Texas will have that, assuming they don't stub their toe the rest of the way. Bob Alou from KI Television in Austin. Always appreciate the time, my friend. We'll talk to you next week. Joe, did you notice he didn't bring up that I beat him 182 to 67 in fantasy football this week? I just want to make sure y'all know. Uh, I, 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 I don't even know that it was. I don't even know that it was that close. Uh, I mean, I, it was. It, it was. I've mentioned it, Bob. It, it was. It was a version of Cowboys 49ers, the fantasy edition on steroids. Yes. 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 I mean, every one of your players had career games, and I had three guys that gave me less than five points that didn't even finish. It was, it was, it was brutal. Uh, the the coach time. of that team has been fired. I'm looking for a new general manager. Uh, everybody on my team is now tradable. I don't give a damn. Uh, yeah. It's, uh, thanks, Bob. Uh, that's good stuff. I love it. All right. We'll talk to you next week, guys. Appreciate it, Bob. Bob Alou, who won't be joining us anymore on the Buyer's Barricade <laughs> guest line, where they provide traffic control rental and sales for San Antonio and beyond.